Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. In living holy worship, and I must willingly get back on the altar every day and get back on my knees in prayer and get back in God's house and back into service and repent and leave the world behind and follow Christ every day. It's like the little boy at church. When they passed the offering plate, he had nothing to give. And he thought, and he placed the offering plate on the floor, and he stood in it, and he said, Jesus, I give you myself. Right? Oh, yeah, I gave offering, I did service. But God wants all of you, even your will and your heart and your mind, he wants all of you from the inside out. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in order to be holy, you have to leave the world behind. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, right? The conformity of this world, copying the world, and I am transformed, a metamorphosis. I'm changing and becoming less worldly and more holy, and it begins with my mind, my thinking, my thoughts. I give God my mind, then I'm able to give him my body. I give God my heart, then I'm able to give him my actions. It's the starting point. Don't be worldly, be holy, and renew your mind every day, every morning, every time you pray. God, forgive me. Help me. I want to be holy like you. I need the righteousness of Christ. I realize that Jesus did the work for me. Help me to walk by faith and receive that work of justification, right? Do you remember justification, the cross? Justification, the cross beam, God has subtracted my sin. The up and down beam, the uh, vertical is now makes the plus. God now adds to me the righteous works of Christ. He subtracts my trash and he adds to me the holiness of Christ. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants you to show the world what he's all about. God wants you to reveal his will and his purpose and his plans. You're his witness. Some say you're his Bible, that the world may, may only read you and never open a Bible as you reveal who God is in Jesus and his plan for us. God's perfect holy will. I think Jesus proved God's will to us of how he wants us to live. Jesus showed us love and joy and peace and caring and healing 
and we can copy him and follow God's will as an example. Verse 3, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Humble yourself. Don't be big in your own eyes, right? You're not all that, right? Humble yourself before God, but to think so as to have sound judgment, make wise decisions, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God has given you faith, now use your faith, exercise your faith in him. Keep the faith, live your faith. Practice Christian faith. This whole idea of sacrificing, sacrificing. I was thinking of sports athletes that sacrifice themselves for the team. They take a hit for the team so the team can win. Maybe it's the, the baseball player and he's on the base, right? And he sacrifices himself and gets an out so that the guy on third can make it home and score and win the game. Sometimes it's not about you, it's about the team. Sometimes it's not about you, it's about the coach and winning the game and God has a greater purpose. And sometimes we sacrifice ourselves for God's greater good. The blocker, right? And maybe he takes some hits and some blows and he gets all beat up because he protects the quarterback who throws the Hail Mary and wins the game, right? We're all players for God. Use your gifts for God. We exercise them. We use them. Verse 4, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. The example of your body, right? You have one body. That's all the body you got. So take care of it, right? The old man said, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have treated my body better, right? You can't move into another body till Jesus comes, right? So you have one body, but you have many body parts, feet and hands and toes and eyes and ears, mouth and nose. One body with many members, and they all serve different functions, different purposes. They're all needed, they're all important, and there is a strength in their diversity. I need all my body parts. They complement, they help each other. And this is us. This is you. You're a part of the body. What body part are you? Are you the toe? Are you the tongue? Maybe your eyelashes, maybe your an elbow, right? And every part of the body is necessary and different from each other. And we're individuals, right? But we're collective, and there's a power in our unity, and there's an interdependency 
of the body, we need each other. You see it. There's no lone ranger Christian, right? Well, I don't need the body. I don't need the church. I could just make it on my own. You're going to be crippled, right? It's like me chopping off my hand. How long will it survive without the rest of my body? We need each other. And we are better together. The old preacher said to me, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. The advantage of the body. Verse 6. So we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Different gifts, right? We're different body parts. The whole body is not an eye. The whole body is not ears, right? Paul hits on this in Corinthians. We're different from each other. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Use your gifts. If you're in a hand, be a hand. If you're a foot, be a foot. Use your gifts in the church. Serve and work and exercise your gifts. We have an expression, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? Use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and God will bless you. You'll become stronger. And now he starts to list some of the various spiritual gifts, or we call these uh, grace gifts, because in the original Greek he has the word charismata, grace gifts. They're gifts that you didn't create. You didn't become this gift. God made you this gift. God chose your place in the body. You're not a nose because of you. You're a nose because by grace God appointed you. Be my nose and smell for me. Be my fingers and touch for me. Be my hands to love, to show grace. Be my feet to go to those in need, right? These are the gifts. And it's through God's grace that you get these gifts. Some of the gifts are more supernatural than others, but I believe all the gifts are for today. If prophecy, this is the gift of telling the future, to prophesy over someone with specific details that will come true. I've been prophesied over many times. If prophecy, according to the portion of his faith, it takes faith to prophesy over someone. I've had this woman prophesy over me, and I never met her before, and, and she said, you know, I've given you these details. Could this be from God? Does this make any sense? And I said, yeah, it's exactly where I'm at, and I've been searching and wanting this answer from God, and he told it to you to tell it to me, and she had to step out in faith to speak to this stranger. Verse 7, if service in his serving. Some people just have a powerful gift of serving others. Or he who teaches in his teaching. I think this is my gift. I have to step out in faith and teach. Verse 8, or he who exhorts. The gift of exhortation is to build up in his exhortation. My close friend Wayne has a gift of exhortation. 
if you met him, you just fall in love with him because he will just give you comfort and peace and encouragement. He will visit with you, take you out to dinner, send you cards, call you, and lift you up out of your dumps, out of your pit. And this is his supernatural spiritual gift, but he steps out in faith as he builds people up. He who gives with liberality, generosity, a gift of giving. And there's people that they just give and they give and God gives them more and they give and they give. And they meet needs in faith. He who leads with diligence. By faith we lead and we keep leading. We don't quit. We persevere in leading. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So just a glimpse of some of the spiritual gifts. You might be saying, how do I sacrifice my body to Jesus? Uh, you use your gifts. <laughs> you feed the poor. Uh, you serve in the church. You call people up. You cry with them. You minister. And by exercising your gifts, you are now sacrificing yourself. And you may be like me and say, well, I'm busy, I don't want to do it. No, you sacrifice your time and your schedule and your monies and you change your plans and you serve and you use your gifts in a self-sacrificing manner, right? Maybe you ever wake up and say, I don't want to be a parent, I don't want to deal with these kids anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, but you're stuck. You've got to wake them up, make them go to school, take a bath, do your homework, do the chores. Diligence. It's your gift. It's your calling. And you don't quit. And you persevere in serving the Lord and being a sacrifice every day. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, hopefully the church has real love, agape love, sincere love. We're not pretending to love people to use them and to get things out of them. Hopefully we really give the pure, holy love of God to each other. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. The Christian is to hate evil and to love good. Opposite from the world. The world hates good and they love evil, right? And they hate God and they hate the Christians and they hate the scriptures. And when we shine the light on their evil, they hate us. And we need to learn how to hate sin, but love the sinner. And that can be tricky. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Preference before yourself. You put others before yourself. You go at the back of the line. You take care of their needs, right? It's like the customer comes first, right? The child's needs go before the parent, right? You put your spouse before yourself and you do it in honor and graciousness verse 11 not lagging behind in diligence you have to keep on doing it see a living sacrifice 
you, maybe you got off the altar. You got to get back on the altar and sacrifice yourself again today. It's ongoing sacrifice. It's ongoing service. It's diligence. Fervent in spirit. You keep at it. You have a passion and a zeal. Serving the Lord. By serving others, we are serving Christ. By serving his church. Didn't Jesus dress himself like a servant and he took, on, took off his robe and he dressed with the cloth and the towel and the pitcher of water and he washes the disciples' feet? And he says, now I've become your servant. Now you serve one another. I've given you an example. And if you want to be great in the kingdom... You must be a servant of all, even to the least of these, my brethren. I think Christianity becomes very practical. It's where the rubber meets the road. Oh, I want to be holy and righteous and be a sacrifice to God. Okay, then mop some floors. What? Well, the toilet's broke at the church. Can you fix it? Well, no, that's not my gift. <laughs> yeah, that's your service, right? Uh, God, I just want to serve you today. Okay, serve your spouse. Oh, no. Help your kids. Oh, no, I want to go on vacation from my kids. No, they're yours, right? Uh, <laughs> serve one and be that suffering servant at work, right? Christianity is very practical, and we must put feet to our faith and do it and practice it and be a living sacrifice every day for Christ. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. God, I really want to be a sacrifice to you. Then maybe you need to get out of bed, get on your knees, and pray. And give him that day and say, make me holy today. Help me to walk in the righteousness of Christ. Help me to exercise my faith in you and to give you my hands today, my feet, so that I can serve you. So we have hope, we have perseverance, we have prayer. 13, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Your brother's in need, so you help him. I can give you a ride to church. I can buy your groceries. I can uh, open my home to you. I don't want to open my home. It's messy. Well, this is called hospitality. God gave you that house, and he says, practice hospitality for me. Be a sacrifice. But I don't want to do it. That's a sacrifice. I don't want to serve. Will you do it anyway? It's your calling. It's your job. And you make your will obey. Practice your Christian faith as a lifestyle of worship to Christ. What is the point of all this? We live for Christ. And it's hard sometimes. You don't want to do it. I think I was 
street witnessing and ministering to people on the streets and there was this homeless guy and he's crying and needy and I need to talk to you and and he just had to talk about his life and the hurts and the pains and all that he's been through and God said now you're gonna listen to him and I'm like but Lord he smells and God says you're gonna hug him and I'm like Lord he's so dirty and his snot is like getting on me and God's like you hug him like it's me like it's Jesus you love him and you sacrifice yourself and you minister to him for me it's a sacrifice and it's weird that when you make yourself do it and you go with it you get better and you become a better sacrifice and you learn how to stay on the altar longer and you learn how to be holy and you learn how to deny yourself and to pick up your cross and to follow Jesus I was so blessed recently to teach at the Calvary Bible Institute in Peru and it's kind of a headquarters for South America and the students come from all the surrounding nations and I taught for a week but I was so impressed at the students commitments and they're there to learn and to train and to go into ministry they want to be servants and pastors and missionaries some have come from poverty and even communist countries and oppressive governments and they said pastor john we're going back why would you go back to venezuela you know they're gonna get you my people are there god's calling me back why would you go to this place where there's no opportunity no jobs because my people are there god's calling me to serve him and to minister and these young people they're on fire for the lord and i look at their diligence and their perseverance and their holiness as they study, as they prepare to serve the Lord for a lifetime. And it's so inspiring and so convicting. They're like an example to us, a living sacrifice for Jesus. Do you know Jesus was a, will, uh, Jesus was a living sacrifice for us? and we must follow in his steps you know Jesus had gifts and he used them not for himself he used his gifts for others he had a gift of teaching he had a gift of healing a gift of miracles a gift of deliverance a gift of prophecy and you look at the spiritual gifts in Jesus's life and how every day he served his father and he served us by giving us his gifts now you give your gifts to others just like christ jesus gave his will his mind and his body to god and jesus gave us his body on the cross and i'm so glad he paid for my sins otherwise all would be lost worship God completely with your whole life in obedient sacrifice get back on the altar and live holy for God every day give Jesus your mind and your heart 
and your will. That's where it starts on the inside. Then you're going to be able to give him your outside. Learn to worship. Sacrifice yourself to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for being our sacrifice on the cross and dying for our sin. We thank you for living a holy and godly life for us, the sinless Lamb of God, so you could pay our price. May we follow your example and your model. May we sacrifice our lives for you in service. May we live for you and for your church and for your world. May we live holy and righteous through your cross and through your blood. Help us to be diligent and to serve you every day until you come. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.